Hi, welcome back to Make Do. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm Tiff Armin. And uh, a little check-in because uh, I'm ridiculous. You, you remember that I love the show Great Pottery Throwdown, right? Yes. And the fourth season just started. And like I've joked about this before, but I decided to this season try to do all of the main makes. I think that's awesome. Because the little challenges are things that I might do anyway as like practice, but it's not as much fun to be like, all right, how many, you know, uh, egg cups can I make in 15 minutes? It's just not fun in the same way. So the first challenge was a cheese set. So I've made a cheese plate and a cheese dome with like a little handle on it and two pickle jars that I guess are for things like oh pickles, chutney, jam, whatever. Uh, and then a fondue pot. So I'm going to have to have a very fancy cheese party after quarantine. <laughs> it's or so your every day can just be fancy with like your, your oh, it's cheese o'clock. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's going to have to go somewhere. And that's the other thing I realized that like, I'm going to have to like store all this somewhere. The second challenge is where I'm getting a little nervous uh, because it was to slab build, meaning like you roll out slabs and then you build them by putting them together. It's not a throwing challenge. You have to um, build a house or building that means something to you, uh, which A, it's it's not really like where I've spent the most time. Like I haven't slab built much and I haven't slab built big things. And, you know, the contestants have had time to uh, make their plans and like drop everything. So I have to figure out like, okay, what do I want to build? And all of my things are way too complicated for my skill level. I'm like, ooh, the Adams Family House. It's like, no. But also, you know, my studio is pretty small and I don't have unlimited amounts of like flat surfaces to dry the slab so that they're firm enough to put together. So I might just blame that for the reason that I'm going to build smaller. And, you know, it was so tempting to just be like, well, I should skip this one because I'm not a slab builder. But then I'm like, it's the second challenge. You can't just skip it now. But then also, obviously, because my my finished results will be much slower than theirs because like I don't have professional drying rooms. I don't have someone else putting stuff in kilns. I have to wait until I fill a kiln, except for the house, which may take up the whole kiln. <laughs> uh, but I'm really looking forward to just like, yes, here's my cheese set. <laughs> I've been following along on Instagram and it's very, it's, it's really fun to watch you do something <laughs> different like this. And it's very cool. I like it a lot. And then like in my head, I hear the judges like, well, this won't fit a lot of cheese. And I'm like, oh, you gotta, gotta make it bigger. <laughs> or, you know, like, well, these, these almost match. I'm like, I'm gonna make that the pickle jar is more similar. But <laughs> You're it's, judging yourself. Uh-huh. Cause, cause you know, cause you hear what they said to the other contestants. And then part of me is also because, you know, I have more time per thing because I'm not doing it under their time constraints. So I don't have to worry about the same things they do, or at least not to the same extent. But, you know, I'm still like, oh, no, what happens if this? What happens if that? Oh, no, what if I? I also don't have access to all of the weird like oxides and paints they do. But it's a fun project. And I think I think it's like another fun way to get back into the throwing. You know, like, yes, I can sell stuff online, but still markets are quite a ways away. So this is a fun way to like, I think, motivate myself to both get in there and do stuff, but also challenge. Shall ask me again in like three weeks. I'm going to hate myself for doing this. Would you ever audition for a show like that to be a contestant? I sent an application to be on Pottery Throwdown like two years ago, I think. But you have to be a UK citizen. And I was just like, because my mom still lived, or my parents still lived in the UK, and I was like, I can stay with my mom. You don't have to. No, I'm from the European Union. You don't have to. And they, I don't. They didn't respond more than an auto letter. Because I was like, 
I am a good story. <laughs> I have purple hair. <laughs> and so Maybe they'll open one up in Sweden. I hope so, because they've had Swedish versions of like the Bake Off or the Great mm-hmm. British Baking Show and of uh, the Great British Sewing Bee, which I also love and which is dangerously inspiring to me. And I'm like, yes, I can't totally. I can't. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I would hope for for a great Swedish pottery throwdown. But we're also we're a smaller country, so it might be hard to like find contestants for more than one season. Or I can host the show. There you go. Just start it yourself. <laughs> anyway, uh, you're making whales and bees. I am. Yes, I'm busy making things. I'm also... Uh, busy as a bee, even? <laughs> <laughs> you're so punny. So punny. Uh, yeah, I'm making my way through different things. I'm kind of just still practicing techniques. And I'm learning about like cleaning and patina and all that stuff like after a piece is finished i've run out of some supplies so something like a bigger project that i was working on had to wait because i ran out of like the wrong color backed foil and so now it has to and man it has to come in and it is it takes a very long time for stained glass websites to ship you things it's like we're 10 days out of shipping and i'm like ah, <laughs> and then it's gonna take a week to like get here so it's like i have to wait like so long for supplies to and i, I want to support like smaller um shops that have mm-hmm. this stuff because they have such like a wonderful wide array of supplies for this craft hobby uh and i don't want to like just buy random stuff on amazon for this Mm -hmm. because i want these suppliers to stay in business right so but you're also like no 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 yeah but i'm also like i want it i'm in the middle of doing something and i ran (laughs) out and i didn't have like the forethought to have a whole bunch because i'm like i'm just practicing and you know you don't want to stock up on 20 rolls of something when you're not sure that that's what you should be using Mm -hmm. so now i'm getting like a little bit more amounts like i'm waiting for like three rolls to show up instead of like buying (laughs) one off ones but yeah so now i'm just like in this weird holding pattern just like waiting to finish things because i don't have the right stuff to finish it i was looking through my like bookkeeping the other week and i noticed that in like somewhere in the second half of february of 2020 i bought and picked up and brought home 100 kilos which is like 220 pounds of clay and I like many many kilos of uh, of glazes <laughs> I was just like oh you had hopes <laughs> but I mean like it's it's all still there I can yeah. still use it it was just funny that it was like right before and because 100 kilos then you get uh, a discount at, at the store where I get most of my supplies, like you get a 10% discount if you buy 100 kilos at a time. So mm-hmm. that's usually the amount that I buy. But it's just like, wow, that's like many small toddlers of, of clay that's just been sitting for for a year. Yeah. So now I have to buy a whole bunch of, you know, copper foil and, you know, multiple rolls of solder and all kinds of stuff. So and lots of panes of glass. Oh, my God, there's glass all over my house. Like, I'm so dangerous. I'm it's so dangerous. And I have no more fingerprints. Uh, I can't open my computers anymore because <laughs> my fingers are all torn up. So I also now ordered like gloves to wear. And 
yeah, so I'm I'm getting very into it. Uh, yeah, and and do as we say, not as we do. Clearly, because we talk a lot about protection, and then we're like, doo, doo, doo. yeah, but you don't know how much you want to buy. It's like you buy the minimal first, right? Like mm-hmm. I bought like the starter kits that these um, you know glass companies have put together, and then I keep adding to it because I was like, ooh, this will make my, this will make it easier. Ooh, this will make this easier. Ooh, I don't like this part, but this thing will make it easier, and so. I keep accumulating now all these little things, but but yeah, now I'm into the okay. You actually need gloves to protect your fingerprints like, <laughs> because it's getting ridiculous the amount of cuts that I have all over my fingertips. They're superficial, you know. They don't hurt, but it's just annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the the main topic today. You wanted to talk about crafts and kids, but not just like crafts for kids, but when you sort of start to introduce quote unquote real crafts or grown up crafts or like I'm assuming also the somewhat better supplies uh to kids. So what what made you think about this? I'm assuming it was the boy. <laughs> it was the boy. Uh because so there are so many like baby crafts, right? And like he's at this weird age right now where it feels weird to be like, here's a sticker book, right? Like it's he is beyond the, oh, let me sew a cardboard toy with a stitch, you know, and like, oh, look, it's a craft and you did it. And here's a piece of construction paper. It feels like I mean, he... my brain went, I'm 30 years older than he is. And I would love a sticker book. <laughs> I mean, he does. Yeah, no, the... I'm, I'm past the I'm cool stage. Right. So like he likes that stuff. Like it's it's more busy, but it's not creative enough Mm -hmm. really and i don't really think that he is a creative kid necessarily um he hasn't actually like he'll build video game things like out of cardboard and stuff so he's very creative that way but in terms of like making a craft it's not him he's not like craft happy right Mm -hmm. Uh, but at the same time we were tasked in the winter to make things for a kid's craft fair and to like bring a craft, you have to like make 10 crafts or something and contribute them to this craft fair. And then everyone would contribute something. And then all the kids would be able to quote unquote shop for the crafts to buy Christmas gifts for their for their oh, family. Right. So but you wouldn't pay any money for it. It would all be free. It was just like a picking out fair. And they did it virtually and all that kind of stuff. But when we were trying to pick like what to make when we don't have a lot of stuff here at our house where where we are living this year it's like we could make things like out of popsicle sticks but that felt kind of a little bit cheesy for you know an eight almost nine year old to bring like a popsicle stick snowflake in for someone to like shop at i didn't Mm -hmm. so adam was watching me do stained glass stuff and he's like i want to make one i want to make stained glass stuff to i was just about the... to ask you is that remotely a good idea right and that's where i started thinking about this topic i'm like is teaching him this remotely a good idea i mean and we have been teaching him how to cook this past this year through quarantine and everything we've been home a lot and you know, the pressure of making meals and making things We're like, you should learn how to make something. So when we're having like a really lazy night, we can teach you to make like mac and cheese. And we can all like cook together, like we'll help you with like the boiling water and stuff. But I feel like it's it's good to that not be a a thing that he sees as like, oh, kids can't do that. Because mm-hmm. I've watched like crazy TV shows where kids like are making beef wellingtons, right? Like, so... <laughs> 
that started me thinking kids are good at stuff if they are exposed to it at a young age. I mean, think about like child athletes. Of course, a lot of these things are highly pressure induced from the parents. But like, what if this was more of a casual, you are able to do things as a human, you know, who has abilities and hands, and it's just a matter of practice. And how far can this go? It occurs to me that cooking and artsy craftsy stuff are probably actually really, really good things to introduce kids to because there's there isn't that like structure already of competition. Like if you're into sports or you play musical instruments or like you're a dancer or something, there are structures in place where it's often an expectation that you want to not only get good, but like compete and be better than other people. It can be, I know in Sweden, there's a lot of discussion about like how do you build soccer leagues that aren't about like maxing the best team, but all the kids should get to play. And like, because people get competitive, parents and coaches get competitive. And the same, like, it's really easy to be like, well, you have to get really good at violin or whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's not the same, like, well, you know, like there's exhibits or exhibitions for kids who like to paint like not in the same way and the same with cooking like unless you're going to be on one of those Gordon Ramsay shows <laughs> as a kid it's more like this is the thing that's good to be able to do and I gotta like the idea of that that you know there's there's very low pressure you can get your kid into that without having to like get them a tutor or like a bunch of of gear right mm-hmm. so it was like you know I was faced with this this moment where it's like, okay, this is kind of a dangerous craft (laughs) where it's like, there are shards of glass involved. There are like, you have to protect your eyes, your hands, like he can get cut. um, And he has to deal with that. You'd be able not deal with it himself. Like I will help him (laughs) with his wounds, but more like emotionally deal with it. Be like, ow, that's a cut. Not like a, God, my life is over. My hand's gonna fall. And it's off. it's hard with with kids too because my first in- instinct was like, well, you can design it together, and he can like you know hold the soldering iron at certain points. But I also remember that's not fun if you're a kid to be right. like, okay, so I don't get to do any of the actual building or making, and like you're gonna let me do this tiny little thing that doesn't even count, you know? And so that. Yeah, like the instinct is like, we can find the solution. But when you're a kid, you want to get to do it, right? Right. So I I came to this road of, okay, he is interested in something that I'm making. He thinks it's cool and he wants to try it too. But it is kind of dangerous. So like, how do I approach this? And that's what kind of brought me to this topic of what do you, like how much hands-on do you help with these. And if you help too much, you discourage the interest, right? Because you're doing it all for them because, oh, this part's dangerous. Let me do it. Or they also can get discouraged because it is difficult or slightly dangerous and they could get hurt, right? And so it's like, do you let them get hurt a little bit in learning how to do it? Because <laughs> I got hurt a little bit learning how to do it. Like, Just like throw, throw them in the water and... <laughs> It's that weird parenting balance of like, how much do you let them experience something on their own versus how much do you hold their hand? I I once taught like a five-year-old to throw a little bit and she loved the fact that she was better at it than her dad on like first try. And it wasn't because like I was cheating and helping her too much. It was just like, you know, kind of luck of the draw. But it this might be a super stupid question, but could he make the same kind of things that you make out of like thin acrylic plastic or something 
or I mean, even like, you know, construction paper so that you guys can talk about like, how do you design a thing? And then he can work at cutting it out because you can still like glue it together and have fun colored glues and stuff. And maybe he'd burn himself on the glue gun because we all do. But you don't have as many sharpie cutty, hot, burny things. Well, so I'll tell you what we ended up doing, uh, which I think was a really good compromise. Oh, right, because you're an actual parent who knows what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, uh, yeah, we actually completed this task. And what we ended up doing was a kind of hybrid version of what I actually do. I didn't, I didn't have him go all the way with using the solder and all of that. But I have a tool that is able to score circles in the glass and Ooh, like a like a brick in bank brick uh, open the window thing yeah kind of like that but it's on like a little vice and like you just kind of like crank the you set it like um like a compass like you would com- like a compass for drawing circles and it has the blade and you just kind of like push down on the glass and it like scores a circle and so like i would help so i was holding the glass because we decided to make kind of uh just round circles as ornaments for this craft fair, for this like holiday craft Oh, nice. And so cutting a circle is really easy when you have a tool that cuts circles. And I shouldn't say cut because with glass stuff, uh, I know most of our audience actually doesn't know this and I've only learned it recently, but you score the glass and then you break it. It's almost like you're putting stress fractures where you want them and then praying to the glass gods that it breaks where you want it to break when it's comes time to break it with either pliers or tapping or snapping it, which is terrifying. But there's lots of different ways to actually break the glass. But what you're doing with most of the tools and the cutters are you're scoring it. So we had this, I have this tool that's easy to use and score it. So he loved that, that I could hold the pane of glass. He picked the colors and we, he would turn the crank and push down and score it. And of course, like he ground the crap out of it. Like it just, like it was very, (laughs) like it it didn't go great but it didn't really matter at that stage so we're like great this is one we both wore safety glasses and you know we did all that so we'd cut the circles out and then I gave him the the pliers that you use to kind of break the glass and I let him like break out the circle and if there was a tricky part I would help him with it but for the most part he did that all himself and he got to a point where he cut himself he did cut himself breaking the glass because you're breaking glass you're creating sharp edges out of something that also had sharp edges to begin with so it's like you're holding something with sharp edges and you're making even more sharp edges and he was having a great time with it and felt like he was like doing what I was doing and and being involved in this grown-up craft with this dangerous thing that looks really cool and he cut himself he did not want to do it after that because he sliced his finger. It was just like a small slice, but it it was blood involved. And we took care of the finger. And after so that, he was like... Did you say, see, now you're just like mommy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, I was like, I cut my... I'm like, look at all my band-aids. Like, I've been cutting my fingers. Not that that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt because it definitely hurts. But... But also, it doesn't was, mean that you, you messed up in a kid way. It's just like... Right, it's right. It's a thing that happens. But I think like, even though he cut himself and stopped after like four ornaments, we had to make 10 or something like that. He still did the parts where he scored the glass, but then he didn't want to break it anymore. He wanted to stay away from that part. So I was like, okay, I will, I'll do that part. So we brought, we finished, uh, 
finished breaking all the glass, even though he stayed away from that after he cut himself. He was not interested in handling broken glass anymore. I did the grinding to smooth it all out. I had him Mm. kind of like try it. He was like interested in trying it, but he was not interested in like being that close to the spinning grinder blade. It's not really a blade, I guess, but the grinding wheel. Yeah, sure. That sounds good. I know how things work. But I mean, honestly, it's not spinning so fast that like if you touch it with your finger, it's going to take your finger off. It just feels like it's like I could file my nails. (laughs) You know, it's not (laughs) a scary thing. But he tried it for a little bit and was like, no, no, not for me. I mean, also, it's I'm going to sound like such a, you know, uncle dad now, but sometimes it's also good to have kids who have some level of respect for things that could hurt them. Oh, not like, oh, you know, never touch anything. Um, But just that, like, they're aware of, like, could this be dangerous and stuff? Because you remember we talked, we talked, I think we've talked several times of, like, you know, not giving your kids the good stuff. Like, they get the cheaper brushes, depending on their age. Mm -hmm. But it is hard because at a certain point and in certain crafts, you can't, like, draw that line. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, you can give him less sharp glass that's not a thing and you know like you can't set them free and you can't necessarily give them like the cheaper stuff or or, or stuff that's less dangerous like it's not a thing and that's where you really have to think about you know what level what amount of supplies am i willing to just like sacrifice for this because it's not just that they're kids they're beginners Mm -hmm. but they're kids and beginners And also, like, what are the dangerous points? Where can I set them free? Where should I interfere, even if it's annoying, because there's a high chance of failure and I know that they're going to want to, you know, like, there's so many balances there of, and I think you, both you specifically, Tiff, and the general you, you always know your kid best. Are they a throw their hands in the air, say, you know, sod this and run off? Are they super stubborn? Are they careless? Are they like, so I think there's not necessarily maybe like one prescription, but I do think that it's very easy to be nervous for your kid and your stuff. And I think a lot of the times you kind of like, if it's maybe not like electricity, just like set them semi-free you know yeah i mean if he showed any interest in wanting to like grind the pieces himself i would have been like cool you you do that part like that's gonna be the part that you do and i will be here if you need help but go for it kid right like because it's (laughs) not really that dangerous it seems more dangerous than it is but it's it's not and so he wasn't really interested in that part and then it came time for the foiling and he was into that so that was good he helped that's where you have like the the strips and then you fold them around the edges of the glass right yep yep and then you like you get it all the way around and so he helped me do that so we kind of we did that part together because he was getting frustrated with it getting even or putting it in the foiler the right way and then you have to um burnish it and which is like you push really hard and you like squish all the glue down as much as you can uh so it's all really flat because when you first put the foil on it's kind of bumpy and so he did all that so he was super happy using like a hand tool all the sharp parts of the glass were covered up so he was like good i feel good now (laughs) so he did that and then we stopped there for the craft i soldered on a little hanging ring and then he tied on a string so i only really the amount of solder that went on was like one blob and again i would have had him do it if he wanted to he was not interested but 
at least he had his hand in making this thing that like, this is what he wanted to make for the craft fair. He realized that a lot of the steps he was not interested in doing, possibly (laughs) because of his injury, he wanted to stay away from like anything hot or sharp. But I think it also in the long run showed him what I've been working on and what I've been doing. And when I'm in my like little makeshift glass studio that I've kind of set up in our house, which is actually inside of a cardboard box. I look like a crazy person. Uh, (laughs) And it is, um, it's nice that he respects that now. Like he understands so much more about what I'm working on. And if he ever shows any interest in wanting to make something, I feel like he can now have more of the vocabulary or understanding of what that would take and how we can work on that together in order for him to make something if he wants to. So I guess this whole long story of our (laughs) our, our craft adventure, yeah, kind of extends to the question of, you know, how far can you take dangerous crafts <laughs> with kids uh i guess it depends on the age it depends on the kid it depends on the interest but like what about kids who want to do woodworking like how do you start that <laughs> i think it's kind of the same as with the glass i think one of the thing is also that i think is really easy to forget is you have to be honest with yourself about like do i feel confident in teaching this And also not just like what kind of kid is your kid? What kind of teacher are you? Mm -hmm. You know, like there's a lot of jokes of like, which parent do you want to teach you to drive kind of thing? And I think it's it would be totally fair to just be like, you know what? And like even say it to your kid, like, you know what? I'm not a good teacher. I'm not very patient. So like we can do this slowly, but I might get annoyed before you do, (laughs) you know, Um, because I think that can be really, really sort of upsetting for a kid and for the parent who maybe you know, can't figure out how to explain things or the parent is even more impatient than the child, you know, to, to, to rem- remember that you don't have to be a saint. Just think about like, are you generally the kind of person who starts honking the second the light turns green? <laughs> and how, how should you, you know, adjust for that in your in your kid, kid interactions, you know? No, I think there's another element to that idea, too. It's like, how much of a perfectionist are you? Like when mm-hmm. it comes to doing crafts or like, teaching you know calligraphy handwriting if like a kid is interested in fountain pens or something like that or you know it's it's like how much do you let them suck at it (laughs) you know how how much um are you okay with that and I think that that's something for me a lot of the times with wanting things to be nice and pretty and clean and I don't want to say perfect because nobody's perfect but like just the idea of good. <laughs> of of good and and quality, right? And you want them to experience the the joy and the satisfaction of completing something of quality, but at the same time as the teacher, you have to let them succeed and just like you've done the thing. Like mm-hmm. be- done is beautiful, right? It doesn't matter really how it looks and kind of let go of the idea of constant correction of you're doing this wrong. Let me help you. You're do it this way instead and you'll get a better result. It's like you have to get rid of that part. First, you have to start with this is the basic thing. Like let's let's get a little tiny blob of solder onto that tape. Like like not even nice. Like let's just let's just turn this copper tape silver. Like that's all we're going to go for is just 
changing the color. <laughs> like, so I think a really good vocabulary word to keep in mind is easier mm-hmm. like don't say that's wrong be like it's easier if you do it this way because a lot of times it's not like wrong wrong it's just like it's not a good way to do it so as a parent or as a teacher in general in this very like i don't know what you would call it th- this very sort of civilian sense of of th- thinking of of things more in the sense of this is easier this is an easier way to do it or this is the way most people do it or even this is the way i do it so i can't necessarily help you if you do it that way but you can try it if you know what I mean? Like, cause it's really easy to just be like, that's not how you do it, mm-hmm. which can be true, but it's still like, if you don't, because if, if you try to avoid the very sort of binary words of like wrong, uh, this is not how you do it. And I, I think the the ornament thing is fun because then you have a very clear purpose. Cause I think as a parent and as a kid, like it's, it's easy to fall into the trap of like, well, I don't want to do this anymore. And the, the parent will either make them or be like, well, fine, whatever you don't want to do. Am I working through my own trauma here? I don't know. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, but if you have like, well, you know, I've do you done both make, those things. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to, you know, do you want to make this for someone? Do you want to make this so that we can hang it in the window when it comes to glass? And like, if you have a specific purpose, um, yes, it might be more frustrating, but it might encourage you both to stick with a thing at least like like you're saying like to the point of good and now we have two things yay you know i think he really did feel a sense of success and and pride when he dropped it off because he had to bring it into school and like drop it off for the the fair for the people who were who were curating the fair and the people who picked it up they're like you made this because I'm pretty Ooh, sure that's the best feeling for an adult too. And as a kid, I would just be like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Because they start asking him like, "How did you make this?" And then he explained like the whole thing. So he's like, "Well, we cut the glass, then we did this, and then we wrapped it up with the foil." And like, so he was able to explain this thing that really impressed the people he was dropping it off to. So I think like he felt, or, or I should say, I know he felt that kind of pride of I pick something that wasn't a normal kid craft and I, I mean, brought this I in. I feel good for him just <laughs> hearing this, you know? I just feel like some sort of secondary, just like, oh, a little <laughs> shiver of joy. <laughs> so like, that's another thing that's like encouraging of letting a kid kind of push their boundaries a little bit of not just falling like okay no offense on the people who go fall back to the popsicle stick snowflakes i think those are super cute and great and we totally made some of those and hung them on our christmas tree this year but also like letting well, them and, not an or. you can yeah. make you can make the kitty crafts and you can let them try some and of let's the- be real the people listening to this podcast are like super crafters so they get me like <laughs> <laughs> so like the the idea of pushing a kid in your life to try out a more grown-up craft or thing to make might pique their interest in something new, but also give them a sense of um, a new sense of pride of I'm not just gluing popsicle sticks together. Like I'm doing something more than this because that like crazy age between being a teenager and a little kid, there's so much going on in that and i think that the giving that sense of accomplishment of i can do something a big kid can do or i can Mm -hmm. do something a grown-up can do can really be a great wonderful confidence booster not only for their future in their abilities but just for like the today 
and how they feel about something that they made or something that they helped make that seems like kind of a crazy thing to have helped make. Like, think about a kid who bakes their first loaf of bread and like brings it in to like share with friends or whatever, wherever they or presenting it at a family gathering. Like I made this bread. I made these cupcakes myself. I baked these cookies and decorated them. And it's like, that feels like such a grown up thing to have done, but they doing it themselves or mostly themselves. It's that's a lot of pride. And that, and I think that that is something that kids really need to feel. And I think with, with a lot of art as well, the amazing feeling as a kid of being like, I can do something that not even all adults can do. Mm -hmm. Because like, I can't make glass things. I'm sure you could teach me, but like Adam can do a thing and he did a thing and they exists a thing, but he he did a thing that I can't do. And that, I don't know if, if, if his dad has tried it, but you know what I mean? Like just, yeah, but like a lot of people feeling. never try to do because they don't have exactly. like, the right things to try and do it. But or, or even like, like I can paint and this is a really good giraffe that I made on a canvas and not even all adults can paint a really good giraffe on a, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that, that is also a sense of pride of being like, wow, I got to try this and I did it. And that's really cool. And now I can tell people, people about it. So I, I think like the, the main thing is just like the, the, all of the balances, the, like the, how do you encourage? When do you back off? What do you do with material? Like all, all that stuff. I think just like, Part of me is like, write a little list of your strengths and weaknesses and your kids' strengths and weaknesses. It's coming from someone who doesn't have kids and this has the oh, time. Oh, they'll to be out. They'll they'll be they'll check out like the second you ask them to make a list. They're like, yeah, I'm bored. I'm gonna go. Somewhere oh no, they else. don't make a list. You make a list. Yeah, I I think it's also like, I think you don't have to be good at an art. Like you don't necessarily even have to teach your kid. Like we learn stuff on YouTube. You could give them some like you know air drying clay. And and uh, a YouTube channel and like, hey, here's some popsicle sticks, I guess, to like sculpt the clay with. Have fun, you know, and you don't have to be a good teacher. You just have to n not hate each other at the end of the day, I think. And I don't know, I feel like something like crafts or baking or like anything that you're teaching your child to do that you have passion for it's a nice bonding experience. And like we said, with Adam, even though he's not like, you know, <laughs> he's not begging me to make stained glass like for him to be making stained glass things every day but he does appreciate and respect now the stuff that i make like when his like a if a friend in the pod <laughs> comes over um and is like looking oh, at the, stuff. the pod pod like the bubble i was like yeah 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 like the quarantine bubble pod pod kind of style of kid interaction that exists right now like that child comes over and they're like and adam's showing off like the things that i've made i can't help but think like he has had an experience of what that means like it's not just this abstract thing like he helped make something and started to make something of his own in that way so he has a lot more knowledge to, about what this is than just like someone on the periphery which is really really cool and I think that that's a good way for grownups to share what they're doing with kids in their lives because it's like, I don't know, it's a nice way for them to understand what a grownup is doing as opposed to being like, this is a grownup thing. You can't, you don't, you wouldn't understand, you wouldn't know how to do this. This is too hard. This is too dangerous. Like putting up that wall of, of something that you're passionate about just because it's not 
really kid friendly. Uh, what I'm, I guess, with this whole show is saying to maybe think a little bit differently about that and try and make those things in your life that you do that fulfill you in a creative way, make them a little kid friendly. Let your your kid or any kid that's in your life that might be interested in this into that world a little bit, even if it's just for the understanding. I think that that's a really helpful bonding thing that we can all um, embrace a little bit more. And I had to experience this whole thing in order to realize that. And that's why I wanted to talk about this topic, because I think that it would be helpful for a lot of people. And, and you know, my, my perspective of this as the former child that I want to also add on at the end, if you're not a very crafty person, if you're not like that kind of crafty, makey, artsy, fartsy person, don't worry about it again like you can you can fail right alongside your kid or you can just like you know make sure that they can try stuff out because I grew up in an incredibly un artsy fartsy family uh but like there were still like you know paints around because like you have the cheap watercolors for your kid or whatever like I still did a lot of arts and crafts and and pokey things like you can there are still avenues for your kid because I know that people sometimes worry like I can't draw with my kid or I can't teach him to, to do this um I want to do stained glass too. <laughs> See, when you come over, I'll, I'll have you make a circle also. And we'll try not to cut your fingers. <laughs> I'm a big kid now. <laughs> um, yeah. So if anyone else has anything to say to us about these kind of experiences of like letting your kid into your adult making world uh, and how that went or didn't go. And I'm sure we have teachers in the audience too. Ah, no, I'm kidding. I love teachers. <laughs> They're like amazing because I can't do what they do. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure we do have teachers in the audience that would actually give us like real tips on doing this kind of stuff. But um, for, I mean, we're your everyday tipsters, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> we're your average tipsters. And if you are interested in learning more about our tips, you can go find our show notes at relay.fm slash make do. And we are make do pod on Twitter and Instagram. And you can go find us individually at Tiff Arment and at Julia Scott, S-K-O-T-T. And we will be back in a fortnight. And until then, go make and do and, and share wear your, your protective gloves. <laughs> wear your protective gloves and share your craft with a tiny person that might live in your house. <laughs>